It's good to see you guys back here again. We didn't scare you away last night. Hey, my name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. As uh, you can see, and as you've already been told, it is vacation uh, Bible school week here at Living Water Community Church. And uh, to kick off VBS, we always have a, a family worship and bring all the, the kids in to be with the adults. Uh, I'm grateful for our children's ministry director, uh, Miss Victoria, and uh, her uh, team, Miss Beth and Miss Grace, and all the volunteers who've been working so hard to make VBS uh, come together. Uh, this uh, week, our kids are going to be uh, doing this VBS called Athens. It's all about the life of uh, the Apostle Paul and how about 2,000 years ago, uh, he spent uh, a better part of the waning years of his life sharing the gospel uh, with others. And Paul uh, was a remarkable guy. He left a, a position of, of great power and great privilege and uh, was basically rejected by uh, all of his friends and family uh, because he became committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, sharing the gospel was not an easy job for Paul. He uh, was shipwrecked. He was thrown into prison. He faced angry mobs, uh, experienced earthquakes, uh, but nothing uh, kept him from, from communicating the gospel that uh, Jesus had called him to share. But he wasn't always that way. And uh, what you heard a little bit uh, from, from Keith and Greg uh, was that Paul was actually a, a really bad dude. I mean, in the, in the beginning, his name was, was Saul, and uh, he spent his time tracking down uh, Jews who had become Christians, uh, dragging them out of their homes, getting them arrested, ultimately uh, killing them. And uh, we have a, a name for bad dudes. They're called villains. And uh, as you were growing up, whether you're a little kid still growing up right now, or maybe you're a senior citizen and you did your... Uh, growing up a long time ago, I'm pretty sure that you've run into uh, villains. And so I wanted to try to help uh, our kids and our adults work together to understand who villains are. So uh, I went back into the archives of my mind and I pulled together 11 cartoon villains that we are all going to identify together. So you need to open up your worship folder. You're going to find in your worship folder a uh, little sheet that says wanted. And uh, we're going to do this as a group because I've made this difficult enough that no single human being is going to be able to pull this off themselves. So this is a multi-generational thing. So parents, you got to be willing to give up your kids. At least, uh, like if you have multiple kids, you got to give up at least one of them how should I say? You get to keep one, you got to give up the rest of them to other people, because we're going to break up into groups of about seven, and yes, we're going to do this, or we're not leaving here today, so, all right? So what you got to do is you've got to make sure you got some little kids, some middle-aged people, and some old people together in a group, and uh, grab a pen while you're rearranging. This is okay. It's not a problem. And some of you are sitting here like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, you're right. You didn't sign up for this, but we're going to do it anyhow. All right. And it will be fun. And there's actually a prize involved uh, with us. So uh, grab a pen on your way. Angbrick kids, you got to come and find some other people you don't know. Come on. Let's make it happen. Todd and Nathaniel, make sure you get with some folks. Get younger people together. That's right. Or you guys are going to crash and burn. Jimmy, you got some people over here. Spread, spread some of your kids out, man. Very good. 
You got some old folks up here that need some young blood in here. Yeah, I called you old folks. That's right. These old people need some young blood right here. Glenny, who you go? You can't sit there by Glenny. Glenny, come here. These guys need you right here. Over here. Oh, right. We got them. These guys over here, Glenny, go help these guys. Form a little team right here. Here comes Glenny. All right, so let me give you the rules here. Because last night, they were very unchristian last night, all right? Okay, because I, I, I forgot a rule, and then they, 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 they went right to the rule that was not uh, talked about. You cannot use your phone. There is no Googling during this, all right? If you've got Google Glass, you've got an iPad, you've got an iWatch, you've got, you know, uh, a Dick Tracy watch, you cannot use anything but your brain to do this, all right? Second rule, you cannot shout out the name that you, that you, when you know it, you cannot shout out the name. You need to write it on the card. If there's not, if you, someone doesn't have a pen, grab a pen all around the table. So you can't shout out the name. The other thing you want to do is when you're discussing it, you want to be relatively quiet because you don't want to give that away to someone else. All right, so these are uh, 11 cartoon villains spanning the 1940s all the way up to 2019, all right? Again, and you get about 30 seconds on each villain, and then we're going to grade this whole thing, and I've got some great little prizes here, and then we'll actually talk about Jesus here in a minute, all right? Okay, so Richard, let's have our first one. Ooh. Yes, now he has a real name, and then he had his evil superhero name. This guy is from The Incredibles, 2004, believe it or not. That's how long ago that was. Young kids, they're going to be counting on you for this one, all right? Give you about 10 seconds. Make a decision. All right, let's go to the next one, Richard. Oh, this is a freebie. Very easy. Poor little road runner running around the road all day. 1952 is when he came out. My dad was like 35 back then. Now, that one's an easy one. We don't need to spend a lot of time with that one. All right, number three, Richard. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. I don't know the rest of it. Nineteen sixty-one is when that woman came out. Believe it or not, Ninth, Did they even have like movies back then? All right, now we are going to separate the men from the boys and the ladies from the girls. Here's the next one. Very difficult. 
Some of you who got cable back in 1972 and got Channel 17 out of Philadelphia will know this one. Comes from a cartoon. I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Comes from a cartoon called Wacky Racers. 1968. Came out around about the same time as Ultraman. The guy's initials are DD. That's a little, there's a little hint for you. DD. The dog's initial begins with an M. All right. You're 100% right now? Oh, wow. She got a phone out? All right, just checking. All right, now, this next one. Some kids will get this. Some kids will not get this one. I, I saw this movie. I really liked this movie, but I, I did not know who this was. I had to look this up. So here's the next one. Ooh. You do not want this woman to be your mother. It's from the movie Tangled, 2010. Yeah, we'll give you about 30 seconds on that one. This is not enough time for me to get a bottle of water here quick. No. The, the, the rule was the, the parents of the pastor cannot win. How's that? All right. This next one, everybody's going to get this one probably. Go ahead there, Richard. Oh, do we know who this is? It's got these little friends called minions. Despicable me. You guys doing all right, Sherry? Kind of so-so. George isn't like rattling these off? All right. Okay, next one. This is a pretty easy one. This is for all you old folks. Ah. From Peter Pan, 1953. All right, you can... That one's a pretty easy one, I bet. All right, here we go. Next one. DC Comics, 1941. The year of Pearl Harbor. All right. This next one was the first movie that we took my son to, scared him to death. He was like four years old. Do we know who that guy is? Comes from The Lion King, 1994. All right, we got two left. These two are perhaps the, the most difficult ones. 
You had to be a latchkey kid like I was where your parents left you home when you were five years old all by yourself. Just a joke. Watched a lot of cartoons together, or by myself, I should say. All right, so this one here. Go ahead. Ooh. From the poor little shoeshine boy, underdog, underdog, son of lightning, roar of thunder, da 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 da, da underdog. This is the one that the cheating team last night Googled here. And they won candy bars and didn't confess until after they got the prize. Very bad. All right. If you didn't know that one off the top of your head, you're never going to get it. So, All right. This one here, last one. This one is hard, too. This is from... Hey, Rocky, you want to see me pull a rabbit out of my hat? Rocky and Bullwinkle, Dudley Do-Right, the Mountie. I don't know if you guys remember him, the evil guy with Dudley Do-Right. Some of you people are like, I wasn't even born in America. How am I supposed to know these things? 1959. All right. You, you guys all right? Okay, so, uh, so let's go down here. We'll do this little reveal here. You're gonna, you need to, there's a little, uh, you know, correct or incorrect kind of box there. So you're going to have to check these. So let's bring up the first one. Buddy Pine, also known as Syndrome. That's right. Yeah, so you could have Buddy Pine or Syndrome down. He was also, uh, he was Incrediboy in the very beginning, remember? Yep, he was Incrediboy, but uh, Mr. Incredible didn't give him the time of day, so he turned into Syndrome, the evil villain. All right, the next one was really easy. The guy that chased Roadrunner all the time, Wile E. Coyote. Guy getting, having anvils fall on his head, running off cliffs and all that kind of good stuff. Then the next one, Corella, Corella DeVille. She doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, all right, there you go. All right, the, the next one, this one was a toughie. Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Dick Dastardly and Muttley. If you got Dick Dastardly or you got Muttley, I'll give it to you either way because I'm nice. We're filled with grace here at Living Water Community Church. All right. So before we bring this next one up here, who thinks they got this one right? Raise your hand. You guys got it right. You guys got it right. Don't show it yet. What is it? Oh, very good. Bring that up. Oh, she was evil. Evil, evil woman. Did you guys get that right over here? Very good. What was the, gir what was the girl's name in Tangled? Rapunzel? Was it Rapunzel? All right, very good. All right. 
Did you get it right? All right, what's the next one? Who? Grew, very good. Does anybody know his first name? Felonius Grew was his first name. He's Greek. Athens, it all ties together. All right. Next one was pretty easy. Who's this? Captain Hook, right? And then the next one is the penguin. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Then the guy that scared my son, his name is Scar. Very good. New Lion King movie just came out. Supposed to be stunningly visual is what they said. Other people said it was horrible, so who knows what to go with. All right, so before you bring the next one up, Richard, who got this next one? Anybody? I, oh, you guys got it? What is it? Simon Bar Sinister. You guys got it too? Very good. Woo! Simon Bar Sinister from Underdog. I am impressed. All right, very last one. Here we go. Bring it up there. Snidely Whiplash. If you remember, he used to tie Dudley Do-Right's girlfriend to the train tracks. Yeah, that's what he used to do. All right. So let's see here. Did anybody get, any group get all 11? Are you serious? Wow. Woo. I am impressed. Here you go. Look at this. Stand up here. There you go. You did it all. Very good. Thank you. Yep. Sugar rush going on here. Very good. You guys are impressive. You also watch far too much television. What's that? Well, they, you know, they had to get groups. So you, you want a candy bar? <laughs> All right. Now, here's the bonus question. Out of all of those villains, one of them became good. Gru. That's exactly right. Gru is the one who transformed from a villain into somebody good. And my question is, what changed him? The little girls changed him. But what about the little girls changed them? What did the little girls do? They loved him. Those little girls loved him. And do you remember what he did to those little girls? He was mean, right? And he ultimately, remember, he got them from the orphanage, right? And then what did he do? He sent them back to the orphanage, Right? I mean, he was evil, yet those girls, they still loved him. You see, love is extremely, extremely powerful. 
And those little girls' names were Margot, Edith, and Agnes. And it was her, their love that changed Gru's heart. And uh, you see, that's what changes the heart of evil, is love. And uh, nowhere in God's word do you see that better than in the life of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a huge villain. And uh, the seventh chapter of the book of Acts, uh, Christianity is, is exploding, you guys. Uh, it went from uh, 120 people on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came to the Lord, and it is growing like crazy in the city of Jerusalem. And, and, and the, 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 the Jews who, who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, they wanted to squash this newfound Christianity. And there was a fella, his name was Saul, who ultimately his name becomes Paul. Saul was a, was a religious leader, and, and, and he wanted to make sure that, that the Christians were, were getting uh, eradicated. And, and so uh, there in the city of Jerusalem, uh, he began to, to persecute people. And there was one individual uh, who ultimately gets killed. And young kids... Who is the first Christian martyr? Who did you learn is the first Christian martyr? What's his name? Stephen, right. This young guy by the name of Stephen is killed. And how does he get killed? He gets stoned to death. Now think about that for a moment. There, there's hanging, there's beheading, you know, there's those kinds of things that are instantaneous. Think of stoning. I mean, this young guy, because he loved Jesus, is pummeled to death with rocks. And uh, as he is about to die, in Acts chapter 7, verse 30, this is what we read. And falling to his knees... He cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, which is Bible code for what? He died. See, what did Stephen do in the final moments of his life? He forgave them. And he learned that from someone. And that someone he learned it from was his Lord and Savior, and when he was hanging on the cross, what did Jesus say about those who were persecuting him? Right. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen, as he's getting killed, is loving his enemies. Jesus, as he's being crucified, he's loving his enemies. Now, what's amazing about this is Saul, who is this fo follower of, of Judaism, who believes he's doing all the right things, what is Saul doing while Stephen is dying? Verses 1 through 3. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. 
And then verse 3, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. That was the persecution that first century Christians experienced. We live here in the United States in a post-Christian culture where our culture doesn't validate Christianity anymore. And uh, people say nasty things about Christians and stuff like that, and we all get up in arms and afraid and stuff like that. Brothers and sisters, what we are experiencing is nothing compared to what they experienced 2,000 years ago. You see, while Stephen is forgiving those who hurt him, Saul is hunting down Christians to imprison and kill them. Like Gru, Saul is a bad dude. That's who he is. You couldn't have painted a nastier character, basically, in the Bible than Saul. Now, I need a little uh, help here, because uh, I'm not going to read all this stuff by myself. So uh, we're going to get a, a couple kids to help us out. You probably need to be in about third, fourth, fifth grade to make this happen. So I'm going to need a little reader. Who wants to help me here? Don't make me. Come on, buddy. What's your name? What is it? Josh. I'm, I'm getting older here. What's your name? Sean. Shy. What's your name? Shy. All right, Shy. All right, buddy. You got this? Here, you need this microphone. You're going to keep it right here, right near your lips. Okay. And then we're going to look up here at this screen here. You got this? Bingo, you got it. But Saul still right. breathing threats and murder against the disciples. Disciples, right. Of the Lord went to the high priest, priest right. and asked him for letters yep. to the synagogue. You got a synagogue, right? That's a tough word. At Damascus. At Damascus. So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring any. Right, he might oh, bring them, right? He might bring them. Bound, right? Bound to Jer Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Right, they're big words. You're doing great, man. Now as he went on his way, he approached them. Damascus. Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you? Persecuting. Persecuting me. One more, one more slide. And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood spelt speechless, speechless right. hearing the voice but seeming no one. Saul, Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing so they led him to, by 
the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Great job, man. Very good. Thanks, Shy. So what's Saul doing in this? What's he doing? It's okay. We can talk. What's he doing? He's persecuting Christians. He, he is killing Christians. He's arresting them. He's dragging them out of their homes, out of their, their places of worship, and he is killing them. And what does Jesus do? What's he do? He finds Saul, right? He seeks him out. Saul's not looking for Jesus. Jesus comes looking for Saul. And what could Jesus do to Saul if he wanted to? Kill him, right? Destroy him. I mean, Saul is a threat to Christianity. And so Jesus said he would have every right because Jesus is, is a righteous judge, he would have every right to destroy Saul. Instead, Jesus seeks him out and reveals himself to him. And he begins the process of changing Saul's life. So Jesus lets him be blind. He's hungry and thirsty for three days. He's unable to do any of the horrendous things that he used to do. Jesus has brought hardship into Saul's life. And a lot of times we go through, the, through, through life and life becomes hard. Bad things happen in our lives. And, and, and we're like, you know, God, what are you, what are you up to? Why are you doing this? I don't like this. This is painful. This hurts. If you're really a loving God, you wouldn't do that. But the fact of the matter is Jesus loves Saul enough to bring hardship into his life to change his life. And he does the same thing with every one of us. God allows difficult, painful things to come into our lives, not to destroy us, but to cause us to rely on him, to trust him, to believe that, that he is up to something far greater than anything that we could possibly imagine. But he wasn't just changing the heart of the villain. He's going to change the heart of someone else. So I need another reader. Who's going to read for me here? Nathaniel, can we do this? All right, buddy, come on, man. All right, you are a brave young man. I'll help you with the hard words, all right? Very good. You've got to keep this right close to your mouth, all right? Talk into that. Say something. Now there was a disciple at Damascus right. named Ananias. Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Raise and go to the street, called straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of 
Tarsus. Tarsus, named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay this hands on him, so that he might regain, regain his right. sight. Okay, one more slide. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority. That's a really hard word. Authority for the chief priests to bind all who call on your names. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is chosen. Instrument, that's a huge word, dude. Instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles Good. and kings. And he and the ch children of Israel, for I will show, right. show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Very good, buddy. Thanks for helping us out, man. Excellent. So, kids, what does it mean when it says Ananias was a disciple? What does that mean? Where's, where's, where's Rachel at? Rachel, where are you at? She's hiding somewhere. Do you lose your kids, Angbrooks? Oh, there's Rachel. She's hiding back. Oh, you're hiding behind her. What's it mean when someone's a disciple? They're a... C-I-R... Or, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't even spell. <laughs> Means they're what? A Christian, right? You made me look like crazy up here. <laughs> yes. He's a follower of Christ, right? Absolutely. He's a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So here's this guy by the name of Ananias, minding his own business. And the Holy Spirit shows up to him and says, hey, Ananias, uh, there's this dude by the name of Saul, and uh, I want you to go find him. And, and I, I not only want you to go find him, what does he ultimately want him to do? He wants him to, to lay hands on him, right? He wants him to, to pray for him. And Ananias knows that Saul's a bad dude. And Ananias is like, no, 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 no. You, you've got to be out of your mind, Jesus. I, do you know what this guy has been doing? And Jesus is like, yeah, I know what he's been doing. But I'm going to use him to help other people become Christians. And what does that tell you about God? It tells you that there is not a single person on the face of the planet that is not beyond the love of Christ to be redeemed. Not a single person. You know, we live in a world right now where everybody's divided. There's good guys and bad guys. And depending on your political persuasion or how much money you have or where you grew up, whether you grew up in the city or grew up in the country, 
what you think about guns, what you think about abortion, what you think about this, that, or the other political thing. There are good people and there are bad people. And wherever we're at, we look at the people who aren't like us and we say there is no hope for them. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that there is no one beyond the redemption of Jesus Christ. That's hard to imagine. But God couldn't have picked a meaner dude, a more evil dude, to come to faith in Christ and then to write like two-thirds of the New Testament. Think about that. You'd think he would have, would have, would have picked of, you know, Peter or, or John or someone. And, and he, instead, he, he goes and he finds the, the most heinous guy out there and says, I want you. Man, is that a beautiful thing. Because there are some of us in this room who have been villains in our lives. There are some of us in this room who've done some really bad things. And the thing is, we struggle to forgive ourselves, so we ask ourselves, how in the world can the God of the universe forgive me? And yet that's exactly what he does. God takes evil villains, and he redeems them. So let's look at what Ananias does. Last one. Where's uh, Krista? Where's Krista at? Krista, will you read for me, kiddo? Come on up. Man, I'm really sorry about your arm... That's a major bummer. I heard you broke it like right before you're supposed to go on a trip or something like that. That's very inconvenient. You were not thinking of your parents very much, were you? <laughs> All right, here you go. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately... Something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus. One more slide. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? of those who called upon this name, and has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Great job, kiddo. Thank you so much. You know, Krista, when you and Rachel were up here doing such a phenomenal job, you know what was going through my mind? I'll tell you what was it. How old are you guys now? Right. I was thinking back to August 11 years ago when you two were these tiny little babies in the NICU. And I thought, my goodness, look how grown up and wonderful and beautiful they are. God does a really cool work in people's lives. So that's good stuff. You did great. So what's Ananias do? He's been called to do something he doesn't want to do, and he does the very thing he's called to do. He actually obeys. 
So many times, that's not what we do. God calls us to do something, and we're like, eh, no, God, my idea is better than yours. And Ananias says, no, I'm going to obey. So he does that, what, that which is scary. And Jesus shows up, and he opens Saul's eyes. And we need to remember that many people don't ever respond to Jesus. Why? Because they've been blinded. The evil one blinds them. That's what happens. The evil one blinds their eyes. And Jesus has got to remove the scales from it. Is that your phone, Dad? <laughs> it's your phone. You know the things I've put up over these last 19 years at Living Water Community Church? Stude falls asleep during my sermons. His phone goes off. It's good stuff, but he's been with me the whole time, so I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, people are blind. And it requires the God of the universe to actually work up front to remove the scales from their eyes so that they can actually see truth. And once Saul sees the truth, he's baptized is the very first thing he does. He publicly declares his faith in Jesus Christ. And he knows it's going to come at a huge cost. And then he begins to tell others that Jesus is the Son of God. And so as we go into uh, this week of VBS, it is my prayer that not only our kids will learn, but our adults will learn that Jesus is all about turning villains into godly people. And that there is no one at all that is beyond redemption. And might we pray for those who've hurt us, those who we don't agree with, those who we don't like, might we pray that God might open their eyes so that they might see the beauty of Jesus and so that they might fall on their knees and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let me pray and we'll close in a, a last song here. So Lord God, thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, allowing our kids to be up here with us and for all of us working together, dear God. Uh, Lord, that's a beautiful thing. And uh, I pray, dear Jesus, that uh, Lord, as we go into this week of Vacation Bible School, that Lord, that you would be all over it that it would work the way that you want it to work, that those who you desire to be here would uh, come to this place, Heavenly Father. We pray that those who might be skeptics or uh, antagonistic, Heavenly Father, to, to Christianity, Lord, that their hearts might be changed. Do a good work in this place. Thank you for uh, these fine, fine folks who are here. And it's through your son's name we pray. Amen. Just stand with us as we do one final song.